everybody. Welcome to another Gold Standard Podcast, part of the Niners Nation Podcast Network. I am Rob Stats Guerrera. He is Levin Black. What's up, Levin? Not a whole lot. Ready to get into it. Been a long period where I didn't get to do the instant react, so I haven't gotten to talk in a week. And well, good. I want you to air all your grievances. I know we've passed Festivus, <laughs> but there's still plenty of time for that. Uh, if you're new to the show, this is the show where you get that hot takes, mostly from me and the cold truth, mostly from Levin Black, who is the human wet blanket. Uh, we will remind you, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We are so grateful and thankful. December was the biggest month in the history of Niners Nation Podcast. Biggest month we have ever had. That is because of all of you and Levin, you, Akash, Michelle, KP, Leo, Javi, the whole team we have here putting out the great content week after week. So thank you. We are grateful. We've gone over 100 five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. So let's get to a couple of those here. This one comes from Johnny Pat 406 100-plus five-star review. Rob, thank you for producing a diversity of quality content week after week. Enjoy all the shows. The skill and knowledge of the host is fantastic. Thanks, guys, and Michelle for doing your homework and sharing your perspective. It takes work and time to do it well. You can't get this content on the networks. Kyle and Akash keep bringing great play-by-play breakdowns. Levin, you are the Ron Swanson of the podcast, and I mean that as a sincere compliment. Your takes keep me coming back. I hope this is your 100th five-star review. Best to you all in the new year. P.S. Discovered and started listening to Rob's other SB Nation NFL weekly shows for more content. Good stuff. Check them out. JP406. Johnny Pat, thank you very much. And you do, Levin, kind of give off a Ron Swanson vibe, not going to lie. Uh, yeah. When you read that, I was like, mm, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> it's like, it, yeah, that's kind of accurate. And, uh, okay, how about this one? It depends one? on... Sorry, it depends on my situation, what I'm in. There are times I'm very Ron Swanson. There are other times, like, if I'm out in public, like, I'm life of the party. I, I flip. Where the hell is that Levin been? Why have you been concealing that? Well, Why do com- I get... It comes out less and less as I age. But uh, <laughs> I have a very introverted mother and a very extroverted father. So it, I kind of flip, flip-flop depending on my situation. But, yeah, I was always... The person that I didn't need alcohol and I've never done drugs because I was crazy enough without them. And yet I was always the one that if somebody says, nah, nobody's going to do that. I would literally go do that. You host a 49ers <laughs> podcast that the whole purpose of it is entertainment. And the personality you have chosen to show is human wet blanket. Have you seen all the reviews? I Seems want to be the other working, guy. Rob. <laughs> Listen, the Ron, other... I want the other guy. Let's bring him out for Somebody's got to keep us with reality here. Oh, WW... Maybe if I had a co-host who could, you know, not be like a petulant child, can't control his emotions. Well, what fun would that be? Then we'd just be two boring guys. Somebody's got to bring the life of the party here. Uh, WWE champs say no. Left this review. Four stars. Could be better. Friday shows are pointless. Really like Tuesday and Thursday. They do create an echo chamber of similar thoughts sometimes. Really enjoy instant reactions and emergency podcasts. Need more bouncing ideas off each other instead of agreeing. You can complain about it all you want, but sometimes the problems and the issues with this team are pretty friggin' obvious, and there is no other side to take. Not every issue has two sides. Water boils at 100 degrees. Water freezes at 32 degrees. Like, there is no other side to certain things. So I'm sorry if we don't argue enough for you. If you want that crap, you can go to ESPN. That's all they do. 
I, I just applaud you getting the science right there. 100 I degrees did doubt and 32 myself degrees. a little bit. <laughs> I was like, is this right? Uh, water doesn't boil at 100. I'm messing with you. It does? It boils at 212. It's a, do you think water's boiling at 100 degrees down in the south? It would be boiling all summer long. 100 degrees Celsius? It's 100 degrees Celsius. Yeah. Celsius is simple. 100 degrees Celsius, zero degrees Celsius is freezing. Right. Fahrenheit is 32 degrees freezing, 212 degrees boiling. So what you're saying is I was 100% correct. No, because you listed one Celsius and one Fahrenheit. Regardless, they were both correct. Well, again, wet blanket. I executed that flawlessly, and you oh, yes. are just poo-pooing. Yeah. 100 yeah. degrees, 32 and 100. Degrees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that makes total sense to flip-flop between Celsius and Fahrenheit without s- stating it or anything. Well, when you're not sure, just go with the two that you remember. See, that's what I did there. You totally blew up my spot. But no, like we don't – we're not just going to fake argue. I'm sorry. And, yeah. you know – this, We're this ag- is not part in my take. Sorry. Right. And like, look, if you don't like agreement, you might not like today's show. Uh, we're going to talk about the quarterback situation. And l- the latest today is Jimmy Garoppolo was out at practice throwing, quote unquote. Uh, 49ers are tweeting about it. Kyle Shanahan's talking about it. We're going to try. I'm not going to make my announcement. I mean, Levin, if the 49ers put as much effort into beating the Rams as they are putting into this charade about Jimmy Garoppolo, they're going to put up a 50-burger. There's a lot here that just does not make sense to me. There's two sides to it. Jimmy, because Jimmy's almost definitely moving on to a new team, so he needs to do what's best for him to a certain degree. I mean, there's a balance there. And then there's the team side of it. From the team side of it, what's the point if Jimmy can't be 100%? There's no point of him getting practice reps and just making the finger worse. You know, he should not be throwing then and hope that it heals a little bit more so that if Trey Lance goes down in playoffs, you know, God forbid, Jimmy can come in. All you're doing is making the thumb worse by messing with it. And from Jimmy's perspective, Kyle said he's not playing unless Jimmy is 100%. Jimmy cannot be 100% without surgery. So unless Kyle is lying, which wouldn't be the first time, (laughs) um, Jimmy has no chance of playing the rest of this year. And it's all just the charade of keeping him there or maybe having him as an emergency in case Trey Lance gets hurt. But if I'm Jimmy and that's the case, I'm saying give me the surgery so I'm ready to go in the offseason. You know what I mean? like. There's just multiple angles here, and both angles come at it as Jimmy should not be throwing. That's the part I don't get. And then there's the other part of Kyle said in his presser that Jimmy's going to do what he can in practice. It will be a limited practice, and then Trey Lance will get the rest of the reps. If Jimmy takes a single rep from Trey Lance in practice, that's moronic because Trey Lance needs all the reps he can get. He is or definitely should be starting. If he's not starting, there's major problems. If a banged-up Jimmy Garoppolo, who is flat said he has to find a new throwing motion, is playing over Trey Lance after what we saw in the second half, Kyle Shanahan cannot get out of his own damn way, if that's the case. So I, I I just don't get it. I don't get why he's practicing, because it's not going to help anything. At some point, too, it's like, is it fair to put to Jimmy Garoppolo to put him out there? Like, does he want the last thing other teams see when he's trying to get a new job next year? Is him out there at, what, 50%, 60%, whatever it is? I'm sure they're going to have to numb the hell out of that thing just to get him out there. 
Does they does he want that as his last you know taste that he leaves another team's mouth? Is that film like? Come on, it, I know that Kyle tends to favor what he knows, and you mm-hmm. can see it when he brings guys in like Tevin Coleman who sucks. And he sticks with Mohamed Sanu, who I bet you will probably be wide receiver three this week over Jawan Jennings. He he favors what he knows. He's so risk averse. He thinks that, well, if I know what I'm getting, my offense is good enough to compensate for this. And it's it's ridiculous. Like, why are we even talking about this? His hand doesn't work. His hand doesn't work. Every snap, every handoff, every throw is a potential turnover. Like, this is so stupid. And if they split the reps, Trey, they're not going to have a game plan ready to go for Trey. So if you think that they can just bench Jimmy if he can't go and bring in Trey, I think they're going to be screwed because Kyle's basically admitted he doesn't know how to call plays for Trey Lance yet. So this is so stupid. Just give your rookie two weeks in a row of being the guy and let him go out there and be the player that you drafted him to be. There's two questions that should be asked. One, does it get hurt at all? Because it is a torn ligament, so it's possible it wouldn't. If it gets hit by a helmet or somebody's hand or whatever in a game. Because if it's possible that it's going to hurt like hell and affect him, if it gets hit, then you can't play him because it's going to get hit. Hands get hit all the time. And then you should also ask if you get down in the game and you need a 40-plus pass attempt game to try to make a comeback, can Jimmy's thumb handle that he said he went out he, he felt good on Tuesday went out and threw some on Tuesday and then it was sore as hell on Wednesday so is it something that if he goes out and he throws 30 pass attempts in the fourth quarter it's going to start hurting him and affecting him more like those are questions that should be asked and if there's any question whatsoever which it certainly seems like there is a question of whether or not that would be the case then you're completely wasting time having him practice and worse yet you're making it worse because you're stressing something that needs time to heal as he put it it needs time to reattach well if you're throwing it's not going to reattach because you're messing with it uh, this is just ridiculous it doesn't, you it doesn't make sense that, a running back with a torn it. acl no like the, it's we're not talking about jimmy going out with a with a hurt opposite shoulder right or a or a something that doesn't directly correlate to the most important thing that he has to do you're telling me Jimmy Garoppolo is so much better than Trey Lance that even 50% of Jimmy Garoppolo is better than Trey Lance? I can't believe that. I have seen too many games from Jimmy Garoppolo, and I have seen too much of Trey Lance even this year. There is no way in hell 50% of Jimmy is better than 100% of Trey Lance. There's just no way. Right. There, there's an argument to be made Trey Lance is already the better option, but even if you take the Jimmy you know, rosy side, the most positive side for Jimmy as you can get, you would have to come in. The Jimmy's better, but not much better than Trey. You know what I mean? Unless you're just completely delusional, in which case I don't want to hear from you and I don't care what you have to say. <laughs> you have to admit Trey's at least somewhat close to, to Jimmy Garoppolo if both are fully healthy. Like th- there's no scenario where Jimmy is head and shoulders above Trey. And worse yet, the issues that you see from Trey are rookie-style issues that tend to improve the more they play. So where would we be right now if Trey Lance had started all year? Probably Would we be a better team than we are right now? (laughs) 
And there's a very good argument to be had that we'd be a better team right now if Trey Lance had played all year. There is a poll question that came from Leo and Javi's podcast on Tuesday, the Oh Hey There podcast, which if you don't listen, you should go and check that out. But it was a simple question, but I thought it was a question worth asking. If the 49ers miss the playoffs this year, is this season a failure? Thousands of people have weighed in. 63% of people said yes. Now, I put a third option on the poll. The third option was... Not if Trey Lance starts on Sunday and looks good. And that was actually the second most popular option, even more than no. So 63% said, yes, it's a failure. 21% of people said it's not a failure if Trey starts against the Rams and looks good. And 16% of people said no. What do you answer to that poll, Levin? Uh, 16% of people are dumb as hell. (laughs) 21% of people, I get their thinking, but I completely disagree. I think... Whether or not Trey Lance is good has nothing to do with if he starts on Sunday. So him starting and looking good on Sunday, to me, it's kind of a cop-out to say, well, then the season wasn't a failure. No, the season is. It's just the drafting of Trey Lance wasn't a failure. Those are different things. You know what I mean? Like, to me, the season's already a failure unless they go on some crazy run in the playoffs because they should have won the division. But, like, okay – Let's say they play Jimmy this week, and through some miracle, they win. you telling me Jimmy's hand's going to be good enough to get through four more weeks of playoff <laughs> games? Like, what? Yeah, exactly. So what are we doing here? Like, this is so bizarre. I don't know why the 49ers have to be dragged kicking and screaming to play the guy. They, it's like somebody else made the trade for them. It's gamemanship, but it's dumb. It's like peewee-level gamemanship you know it, it's naive crap gamemanship of well they won't know who's starting so they don't know who to pre- prepare for no it's pretty freaking obvious your starting quarterback has a torn ligament in his throwing thumb the most important digit on a hand the most important part of the hand i would argue to throwing accuracy because it controls the spin of the ball and everything else is the thumb like you cannot play with that sorry you can't play with that it just nobody for a second, I think, is sitting here preparing for as if uh, Trey has zero percent chance of playing like nobody's falling for this. The Rams aren't falling for it. It's just dumb. It's just a waste of time. But, you know, to get back to the is the season of failure, the team's nine and seven. This team has no business being nine and seven. So it has to be the only saving grace would be if they go on a run in the playoffs. But I, I don't really see that. But. To me, this is a team that should have easily beaten Seattle twice because Seattle's a really bad team. Or even if you say they split Seattle, they should have beaten Arizona without Kyler Murray. So if they get two out of those three even, you know, they should have definitely gotten all three because those are easily winnable. But, you know, say they had a bad day. they should. It's inexcusable to not win two out of three, but they lost all three. They would be sitting at, what, 11-5, and five, and this game would determine the division. That's what this game should have been. Nine and seven is a failure. Sorry. Well, until the 49ers stop acting like somebody else made these decisions for them, like this is <laughs> this is the situation they're going to be in. That they're acting like somebody else drafted Trey Lance and they never wanted him to play. It's obscene. Like it is well, so mind Kyle. It is Kyle so is mind-bogglingly like stupid. Like yeah. somebody needs to just grab Kyle Shanahan and shake him. 
I'm just like, dude, do you realize what you're doing? Like, come on. How many times does he yeah, have to throw up? How about a vote of confidence for your rookie? Say, hey, yeah. you're the guy. How many times does he, Kyle have to throw up his hands and rant and pace up and down the sideline because of some stupid thing that Jimmy Garoppolo did before he finally stops putting Jimmy Garoppolo in a position to do stupid things? Like, I, it's a... I, I wish to God that I lived in California. I might drive to 49ers headquarters and just shout loud enough so that if he were, he's going to be there, just shout loud enough that he could hear these things. I would love to hear his response to this. Like, why wasn't that asked in the press conference today, Kyle? How could whatever percentage of Jimmy Garoppolo be be better than Trey Lance, considering you moved heaven and earth to draft Trey Lance? No, they should have asked the obvious question. He said earlier this week, or maybe it was right before the game last week. Now I can't remember. I'm questioning myself now. But he said, unless Jimmy is 100%, Trey will play. So the question should be asked, if he has a torn ligament, how can he possibly be 100%? It should be thrown back in his face in a press conference say, Kyle, you said earlier that Jimmy will not play unless he's 100%. It is now confirmed he has a torn ligament. They will not heal without surgery. So how could he ever reach 100%? Make him answer that question. Because there is no answer to that question other than I lied or <laughs> Trey Lance is starting. It's bizarre. It's a it's ridiculous. And it's putting a team, because we know what's going to happen, Levin. You know what's going to happen out there. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to turn the ball over, and after the game, Kyle Shanahan's going to make an excuse for him. He's going to sit there and say, it wasn't Jimmy's fault, it was everybody's fault, which somehow turnovers magically become the fault of the other 10 guys on the field who didn't touch the ball on the play. Like, I I can't believe we have to continue. We're literally going to stay on this merry-go-round until the machine breaks down. Like Until Jimmy's off roster. He's got to be dragged off of this team. It's... It's so frustrating. Like, just, just what, wait for the off season when it becomes. Oh, the Niners aren't. I'm not hearing anything about the Niners trading because nobody, you know, this team doesn't leak, so we know that doesn't happen. So you're going to be hearing, oh, the Niners might be keeping Jimmy. They haven't traded him yet. I'm not hearing of any. They're not trying to move him. You know, it's going to be crap like that until he's gone. I've never seen anything like this before. I've never yeah. seen anything like this, and usually. When a team drafts a rookie, they can't wait to get him out on the field. With, like, every other team, it's usually been, we got to play the new shiny toy. And everyone points to the Chiefs, and it's like, yeah, okay. But they had Alex Smith. Nobody knew Patrick. If they knew Patrick Mahomes was going to be Patrick Mahomes, guess what? They would have played him right away. They wouldn't have played Alex Smith. They got lucky. Let's be honest. They got lucky. They did not know that Mahomes was going to be that good, that he was going to throw 50 touchdowns in his first year as a starter. <laughs> like, I've never seen a team handle things like this. And it's not like this is the Packers with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. It's Jimmy f***ing Garoppolo. Like, Right. He sucks. He sucks. How does nobody see this in this organization? There's really nothing else to be said. We, I mean, it's been beaten to death because it won't go away. But there's nothing else to say other than Jimmy's not it. Trey could be it. He's shown enough at this point that he should definitely be getting every single rep in practice and be the named starter. But Kyle refuses to take that step for some unknown reason that we're only going to probably learn in the future and we probably won't learn the whole truth, but we're going to know a lot by how they approach this offseason. 
Well, guess if it, what? If they approach this offseason of, well, if somebody offers enough, we'll get rid of Jimmy, rather than we're getting rid of Jimmy, then that's a red flag to me. But 100%. we don't need to get into offseason stuff that deep yet. But I think the way they handle it will answer a lot of questions. We will in a week, Levin, because if they start Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> the offseason begins on Monday morning. You can book it. You can book it, and it, it, the excuses are going to be made. I could see it now. He's going to play like crap, and people are going to say, you got to give Jimmy Garoppolo credit. You know, he gutted it out out there. He's been such a professional all year, and to go out there knowing he wasn't 100%, he won't get any blame for the loss whatsoever. It's, it's asinine. That's exactly what's going to happen. I can see it coming now. Book it. Like, I can do the show. I could do the instant reaction show right now. <laughs> Let's put it this way, from from Kyle's perspective, if the Niners lose and miss playoffs, I think the way you would describe his security would be the pilot is lit. You know what I mean? (laughs) He's not quite warm, or certainly not on the hot seat, but the pilot is lit and it's ready to be warmed up. Uh, If he starts Jimmy and the Niners lose, I would say regardless of how Jimmy plays, it would be a lukewarm, you know, the fire's at minimum, but it's full on. Kyle is going to start getting questioned. If Jimmy starts and plays like crap, or Jimmy starts and gets injured, and then Trey Lance comes in and turns out, you know, he's just not ready because he got messed with and didn't get a start and didn't get all the reps or whatever, if it turns into a train wreck, I would say Kyle's seat is full on warm heading into next year. There's no way that he gets fired. But I think if he starts Jimmy and it's a train wreck, he's full-on warm to where there is zero patience left in this fan base willing to give him the benefit of the doubt at all going into next year. We've seen Jimmy Garoppolo try and play injured. Remember how it looked? Does anybody remember the Dolphins game? Like, we have seen him try and – he's not that good when he's 100% healthy. His throws still sail. His throws are still inaccurate. Remember when he missed Kyle Juszczyk on that wide-open play against the Titans? Like, have we forgotten that? His thumb wasn't hurt then, okay? That's the guy that you want to play at 60% or 50% or whatever percentage you want to put it. You want that guy out on the field. How can that be? And I'm sorry to keep beating a dead horse, but I just, there is literally no explanation to me. And I don't want to hear, oh, it's a tough spot for Trey Lance to ask you. Yeah, the NFL is about succeeding in tough spots and overcoming adversity. Right, sink or swim. And by the way, who would blame Trey Lance if he goes out there and has a bad game and the Niners lose? No one's going to blame him. They're going to say, hey, it was his third career start. The Niners should have got him more developed. So there's no pressure on Trey Lance. He can only succeed. It's a rare position for a rookie quarterback to be in, yet the 49ers, are, they don't care. They're throwing that away. God forbid. Kyle Shanahan is so scared of something he doesn't, ooh, he doesn't know. Elijah Mitchell, right? We might not even know if Elijah Mitchell could play at all this year because Kyle would never give him a shot under any circumstances. The only reason he's had to, to use him is because everybody's gotten hurt. Same thing with Ambry Thomas, who has looked better and better the more playing mm-hmm. time he's gotten. I mean, let's wrap up the quarterback talk by saying it this way. You know, I watched the J.T. O'Sullivan breakdown on YouTube of Trey Lance's start, and there's four plays that he highlights. And the thought I had during these four plays, I mean, he highlighted more than four plays, but during these four, I wrote him down because there are four plays that never get called for Jimmy, or at least 
not not thrown by Jimmy. The first was the bootleg throw to Mitchell that scored the touchdown. There's no way they're doing a naked bootleg with Jimmy in the red zone. No way. That that play right there is a Trey Lance play call. Then you have the long Debo TD. Jimmy never throws that pass. He can't. He's not capable. And he certainly can't do that this week. Well, not only that, but it was another naked bootleg where Trey Lance does a uh, play fake and then – or does a play action and then bootlegs out to the right where he literally has no offensive lineman, no tight end, nobody in front of him blocking. no player. And then he throws it all the way back across the field 40 yards. Yeah, Jimmy doesn't make that play. He doesn't get that play call. It would not be the bootleg, at least, part of that play call. And then you have the Jennings outside throw that he highlights where Trey literally winds up and throws it before Jennings even makes his cut. He anticipated, based on where the cornerback was playing, that when Jennings makes this cut, he's going to be open. Jimmy, we have seen time and time again on outside throws, Mm -hmm. refuses to throw at that anticipation. He has to see it open before you'll throw it, and that's why he doesn't throw outside very much because by the time you see it open, it's too late a lot of times on those outside routes. And then you have the Kittle deep shot. That wasn't open. It Where he put it, it made Kittle make a crazy catch, but anywhere else that's probably tipped and maybe intercepted. You know what I mean? Like that is a really, it was a risky pass, but it, it was thrown with a uh, crazy speed that Jimmy doesn't have. And that pass would have been picked off if Jimmy tried to make that pass, which is why Jimmy would not have tried to make that pass. That's four plays just right there that, that three of them don't even get called for Jimmy, and all four of them Jimmy would not complete. And two of them were touchdowns. Trey had six completions in the second half of that game, and every single one of them went for a first down or a touchdown. And Chris right. Sims had a great point in his podcast this week that really crystallized the difference for me between the two guys. And I can't believe I never put this together. Jimmy's, the plays that they call for Jimmy are so much riskier than Trey Lance. And you wouldn't think that, right? You think rookie quarterback, young kid coming from North Dakota State, he's going to put the ball in harm's way. That's not the case. Because like Chris said, Jimmy does all his work in the middle of the field where the hash marks mm-hmm. are, where all the freaking people are. So right. it, if a pass gets tipped, even if Jimmy throws a perfect pass, if it bounces off the receiver's hand, chances are it's not hitting the ground. It's going to get intercepted. Whereas Trey Lance is throwing deep down the field where there are fewer defenders. So, yeah, right. maybe your receiver doesn't catch it, but either, one, he can make a play and stop the defender from picking it off, or, two, if it's tipped, nobody else is there. That's a way less risky play uh, way to play. And I just – why do we when turnovers are all we talk about, right? Kyle Shanahan had the worst turnover differential of any coach in the league in his tenure going into this season. Kyle has talked relentlessly about how important it is to protect the football. Why then would you want to start Jimmy Garoppolo knowing where he has to do his work and knowing that the accuracy of every single throw is going to be in question? You're going to be holding your breath even more than normal this week. So you're setting yourself up to turn the ball over. Right. Outside throws, they lead to pick sixes more often, but they are less risky throws because a lot of the time when you're throwing it, if you made the right read, the wide receiver is the only one that has a chance at the ball. Whereas when you throw over the middle, there's all kinds of people that could come out of nowhere and undercut the route or the safety could come up and make a hit that pops the ball up or any number of those things. Like there's a lot more possibilities 
Whereas when you throw on the outside, it's normally one-on-one, and as long as you put it in the right spot, the wide receiver is the only person who has a chance at it. So that's where we are with the quarterback situation. I could keep going because I'm still <laughs> I'm still angry about it, but we have been rolling here for a little while. So let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk about the other non-quarterback factors this week, including one injury that I don't think is being talked about enough. Back here on the Gold Standard Podcast. All right, we are done with the quarterback talk. I'm going to try my best to stay calm, to avoid it. Somebody said in the instant reacts last week, Levin, stats, it's nice to see that vein in your forehead get a rest for a week. (laughs) But it clearly is throbbing right now as I'm thinking about this quarterback situation. But there's other stuff to talk about with the team. One, Trent Williams has a sprained elbow. And when I heard the word sprain, I got really nervous because they originally said that Jimmy Garoppolo's thumb was sprained, and then we found out he had a broken bone and a torn ligament. And let's be honest, Trent Williams is pretty damn important to this team. So to see that he's banged up at this point, he didn't practice on Wednesday, that's got me a little nervous, especially going up the you know up against the Rams, who have good pass rushers. I think Trent Williams has been banged up all year, and they've just been... They've, they've mentioned a couple injuries here and there. He's sat out practices here and there, and then he ends up playing. I think he's had an elbow injury all year. If I remember correctly, he had uh, – they mentioned an elbow injury early in the season. I think he's just been playing through it. I, I think he has shoulder and elbow issues that will be addressed in the offseason when you hear that he got something done and you're like, oh, I was unaware it was that bad. You know how that happens sometimes in the offseason where mm-hmm. somebody's playing and you don't really see them on the injury report all too often. <laughs> it's played down, and then all of a sudden in the offseason they have surgery, and you're like, what? But, yeah, that, that that's that's a feeling I have. Is that I'm not too worried about it because I think Trey William, or, uh, Trent. Trent Williams can play through it, but I do think that he has some kind of more serious injury that they've just been downplaying, flat-out hiding all year. That sounds exactly like the San Francisco 49ers we know and love. Uh, Elijah Mitchell missed practice on Wednesday, still battling that knee injury. That's going to be, you know, that is what it is. Obviously, I'd like to have Mitchell back, but I think the team would be okay if they had to go with Jeff Wilson and Trey Sermon. Again, another guy, Kyle Shanahan, doesn't seem uh, like he ever wants to play. But, you know, Mitchell's great, but Wilson and Sermon are enough to get by, I think. Yeah, uh yeah. I, I think it's good enough. I, I think you lose a little aspect of the home run threat when Mitchell's not there. And I, th- I think Mitchell turns a lot of like three, four-yard gains into eight, nine-yard gains, and that, that can be a game-changer uh, depending on how the game is going and how important points become. But I think they can get the job done. I mean, we saw them get the job done with Jeff Wilson. It, it's not flashy. You're not going to get 20, 30-yard chunk plays you're probably not going to have like the receiving touchdown that Mitchell had. Not that Mitchell's the best receiver, but I just don't think that you're getting the other running backs to have that type of route. Um, but I think they can be good enough, especially if Trey Lance is in there. Like You're going to be able to generate some of the running game with him. Those are the two biggest ones. I love that Emmanuel Mosley's coming back. I love that Dre Greenlaw hopefully is coming back. I mean, the Mosley thing is huge. Uh, For the record, I think everybody that's on the COVID list is going to get cleared in time for this game. With the new policies the NFL has set up, it's they don't really care if you have COVID. They want you to go on the list so then you can come off the list and get back on the field. That's all they really care about. Um, But I would love to see a secondary of Emmanuel Mosley 
Ambry Thomas, Jaquaski Tart, Jimmy Ward. That's what I want it to be. I don't want to see Josh Norman shouldn't even get on the plane. Forget that. I Just, mean, I'm so mad that I missed the instant reacts because I didn't get to celebrate Norman <laughs> getting benched. We did. <laughs> that was the second best news of the day. I don't know. He like flat, and they confirmed it. It was not. He was not pulled for any other reason other than he was not doing the job. So I don't see how you would then turn around and start him. Like, would I be shocked? No. I mean, Kyle, this is that's his mo. He is stubbornly loyal to veterans for no reason. <laughs> no reason. And it took an. It took. I don't know. Like. Why was that the pass interference penalty right. that broke the camel's back? I have no idea. The 49ers have 19 defensive pass interference penalties against them this year. That leads the league. Not only that, but I, I saw the stat, and I don't I don't remember the exact number, but uh, Josh Norman is giving up like 73% completion of the target, <laughs> and he's given up over 500 yards this year. It's like, you know, it might not sound that bad on the yards total, but remember he was added – after the season started and he started after the season started like it's not even a full season he is without a doubt when you look into the numbers one of the worst cornerbacks in the league this year there's a reason why he was available when the season started and they have stubbornly stuck to him until they finally pulled the trigger this last game and hopefully it it, he should just be basically the emergency guy because it should be uh deontay johnson ahead of him Thomas should be ahead of him and Mosley should be ahead of him obviously Quan Williams is is the uh nickel but those three should be ahead of him so you really shouldn't see Norman on the field unless something happens to one of those three not to mention all the friggin' tackles he misses because he's always trying to go for the damn strip and he never just like brings the guy down or even slows him down in any meaningful way uh so yeah that was hopefully the last we will ever see of Josh Norman in a 49ers uniform um I am still worried about the secondary, obviously, going up against Cooper Cup and up against Odell Beckham Jr., but Matthew Stafford does lead the league in pick sixes. We saw what happened when the 49ers played the Rams earlier this year. The Niners used two Stafford interceptions to build up a 14-point lead right out of the gate in the game, which was massive, which is going to be super important regardless of who the quarterback is. That is the game script that the 49ers are going to need in this one. I do not want them in a one-score game just freaking out about, you know, literally every possession, every drop back. Like, I, I don't know if I can take another one of those for the 17th time this season. That's the game script they want. And I think it's possible that Stafford puts the ball up for grabs a couple of times because this 49ers defense. Does. Well, that's true. And this Niners defensive line has really been coming alive in recent weeks. Matthew Stafford, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know I'm not the biggest fan. I think he's a good quarterback that has never changed since he was a rookie. He has always been a quarterback that can make spectacular throws that very, very few can make. But then he also forces the ball. He's got a Brett Favre in him. He is going to make that throw. He is going to try to push the ball down the field no matter what. He will not throw it away. He's just always been somebody that takes those risks and I have said for years amongst my family and friends going, I mean, I'm going back almost a decade since his career started. I think Calvin Johnson negatively affected his career in the beginning because 
he could just throw those jump balls. He could go, <laughs> go deep. I'm going to throw a jump ball to you, and Calvin Johnson could get it. And he still does that, but he doesn't have a freak of Calvin Johnson going up for that ball anymore. And that's why Matthew Stafford, he's somebody that he's going to have two or three games where he looks like the MVP. And then he's going to have a game where he looks terrible because he, he won't adjust. He'll keep making the same mistakes, and the defense plays it right, gets the right game plan in, he will turn the ball over. And then he'll go back and he'll have a couple great games. And overall, he ends up being a, a pretty good quarterback. You know, I guess that's undercutting. He's a good quarterback. He just can't join the elite, even though his talent level is as good as anybody. He just never adjusted. He never got away from some of those rookie mistakes of trying to force it. Because he's never had to, because he's never been on a team where winning mattered. You have always been, out of anybody I know really, the most hesitant about Matthew Stafford because we had obviously a lot of conversations about it because the Niners are rumored to potentially be trading for him and how ironic is it Levin now all these weeks later that whether the 49ers makes make the playoffs comes down to whether or not they beat the quarterback that let's be honest it's pretty obvious Kyle Shanahan wanted to get this offseason and just kind of got got you know got the rug pulled out from under him by the Rams and and now Kyle has to beat that guy in this game or risk having his, what, fourth season in five years watching the playoffs from his couch. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's clear that Kyle did not want to go through rookie growing pains. That that was clear from the Matthew Stafford uh, talk, and that was, that's was that been clear all season with him refusing to play Trey Lance. And that, it's just what it is. But Matthew Stafford has been off in recent weeks, so hopefully he can remain off and doesn't come out and look like that you know, Peyton Manning-esque dominant quarterback that he has pretty much half the season every season. Like, he'll have about eight games a year where there's no stopping him. He's just on. And then he has games like he's had the last, I think, the last two weeks. He's thrown two picks in both games. Going to be huge for the 49ers' defensive front in this one to step up and get pressure on Matthew Stafford. Like any quarterback, he's obviously much different when he's under pressure. He's much worse. That's to be expected. I don't want to try and say that as a knock on Matthew Stafford. That's not really fair. But they're going to have to step up because otherwise, I mean, those receivers are going to be open all day long against the secondary. Cam Akers is coming back from a torn Achilles for them, which uh, how is that possible? Like, that blows my mind. He tore his Achilles before the season started. For him to be coming back, I'm credit to him, I guess. Um, Right. But. The Rams have pieces on offense. Every time Sonny I say Michelle that. Sonny Michel has stepped up in the last, like, really five, six games. Sonny Michel has looked like the first rounder in recent weeks. This is the crazy thing, though. I go into every week wondering, like, how the hell are the 49ers going to stop this team? And yet I see a tweet from our, our buddy Al Sacco who points out that the Niners have given up just over 17 points a game for the last eight weeks. So, like, right. the defense has been kicking ass. And – Every time I think that uh, they're not going to be able to stop a team, they at least for the last eight weeks they have, I think this is a, a bit tougher task, but maybe they can do it again. And the best part of all that is that Nick Bosa has been neutralized for the last couple of weeks. That's because true. teams have just decided Nick Bosa is not going to beat us. And Arden Key, uh, Ebukam, and I'm trying to remember, oh, Armstead. They, those three have really started to get pressure, and I've actually really, really liked um, Ebelcom with Armstead. Those two together 
I've seen a lot of times that when they get pressure, it's those two are lined up next to each other. They seem to really work well together. And I want to see more of that, but like Key has been great. Like I, I have a uh, a lifelong friend that used to run the Bleacher Report site for the Raiders, big time fan, and uh, he <laughs> he asked me at one point middle of the season, how has Key looked? And I was like, eh, he ha- he has like a sack or two, but he- he's not really played a whole lot. And I texted him a couple weeks ago saying. Hey, just so you know, Kia has three sacks in the last three weeks. And he goes, <laughs> well, that's really disappointing to hear. Because <laughs> you know how it is. Like, you, you don't want to hear the highly drafted players that your team gets rid of suddenly emerges on another team. It's always disappointing to hear that. But he really has. He's turned into something that should be kept around and may, made a mainstay on that defensive line. Yeah, you're right. They have been doing some creative stuff. I saw a screenshot. I think Akash tweeted this out um, where it was – Ebukam on one side, then Armstead in the middle, then Bosa in the middle next to Armstead, and then I can't remember who was on the other side. I think it might have been Warner that they had on, like, looking like he was going to come from the edge. I can't remember who it was exactly, but, like, they are doing – D'Amico Ryans is dialing up some crazy stuff, man, and I love it. Like, you don't just have to throw Nick Bosa on the edge and just hope, well, maybe he can get past the chip and the double team and make a play. Like, no, move him around. Let put him in a position to do some damage where he doesn't always have to fight through six million guys on the way to the quarterback, or at least can open up opportunities for the guys you're talking about. So I think D'Amico has really evolved over the course of the season and for the better. Right. And I, I, I wanted to get to that point on this podcast because we were, and especially me, were a little more critical of him early in the year. There were some games where it just seemed like he didn't adjust or he didn't have the right game plan early in the year. I think the last, like, eight, nine, ten games, he's been everything you could have ever hoped for in replacing Salah. I think he's been better than Salah because he's been more creative. I think I think he really has kind of taken a leap. I think he got more comfortable, and now he's taking some of those really creative things like you just talked about where he's moving guys around to the point where I had the thought just yesterday. I was sitting there. And I saw I saw a headline about uh, Fangio. If he gets let go, it would be the perfect time for Harbaugh to return to the NFL and bring Fangio mm-hmm. as a DC. And it got like that caused my brain to think, boy, D'Amico could potentially be a surprise head coach hire. I think I don't expect it, but I mean nobody expected McVay to get the job he got. I think he's a young coach who has a reputation going back to when he was a player that was top-notch he's well respected and I'll say it he's a minority candidate so he might get some interviews just because of that because you have to and people will bring him in to say well let's see what this guy has see how smart he really is you know because he's only got one year and then he shocks them and they're like holy crap we need to hire this guy yep I could see I, I, I could see him getting a couple interviews just to meet that requirement and then he shocks somebody with how smart he is how great he is how much of a leader he seems like he is and he gets a job that nobody expected him to get kind of like McVay and then they're going to look back at the season and been like he did what with what cornerbacks wait a minute like yeah exactly like we got better dudes than that on the team it it kind of scared me because it's like who do the Niners go to if he's taken because there is nobody in the wings right now you know what the freak show is it's Pete Carroll getting fired. 
Jim Harbaugh comes and takes the Seattle job with Fangio. Russell Wilson stays in Seattle, and then we got to deal with Wilson, Harbaugh, and Fangio kicking our ass for 10 more years. I tweeted that. I said, I tweeted out like uh, a scenario that I just thought of that scares the crap out of me is Pete Carroll, the oldest head coach in the NFL, calls it quits. And they go get Jim Harbaugh, and I think Jim Harbaugh, you know, I'm not going to pretend to know what he's thinking, but of all the jobs potentially out there, I could see him, if he can get Russell Wilson to agree to stay, going, that is the job I'm taking, I don't care, I'm not interviewing anywhere else, Mm -hmm. because I get a chance at revenge twice a year against Jed York and the 49ers, and I said Jed York for a reason, and everybody knows what that is. A thousand percent. I I could see him going, I'm going to go get that quarterback I freaking hated when I was coaching the 49ers because I couldn't stop him, and I'm going to go kick their ass with their own hated everything and ruin, like, that that would be doomsday for 49ers. Would it succeed? I don't know. Russell Wilson hasn't been Russell Wilson since he had his injury, so who knows? But that that scares me. I, I don't want Jim Harbaugh in division. Well, think about how he came to the 49ers, too. Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, like, was willing to move heaven and earth to get you, would have given him whatever he wanted, was willing to talk to him before he even fired Tony Sperano. Like, he still had a head coach. And right. uh, and Harbaugh didn't even care because he wanted to stay on the West Coast. He Harbaugh doesn't stay. care about money. He doesn't care he about He cares that about stuff. situation. He would love to take that job and stick it up yeah. Jed York's ass every single time. He would love it. And so I, I could. I would honestly be surprised if Harbaugh leaves college. I think he has the perfect situation. I think it's going to take something special for him to leave. And Russell Wilson and revenge against the 49ers is that special special situation. I don't see him going to Chicago. You know, like I said, I don't know what Jim Harbaugh is thinking. Maybe he truly is desperate to get back in the NFL and win a Super Bowl. I don't know. But I just don't get the vibe that he is. And I think he's happy where he's at at his alma mater. But I think if the right situation came about where he thought, I have a Super Bowl contender right now, he would jump. And I think getting a true great quarterback in Russell Wilson with some good wide receivers would be that situation, even though that team has a lot more holes than a lot of people want to admit. Getting that elite quarterback is by far the hardest thing. You can revamp a defense in one offseason. You can't necessarily revamp the quarterback position in one offseason unless you get incredibly lucky. Don't undersell the Bears. They potentially have a franchise quarterback. And who drafted Jim Harbaugh? I know. The Chicago like, Bears. So maybe I know, he was that's, there a long time. Maybe that's kind of like he looks at it like his alma mater, you know, like NFL alma mater. I don't know. We somehow got – we're I, spending too right. long on Jim I, Harbaugh. I know, here, I but. know. But I, the Bears, to me, would be a really attractive head coaching job just in general because I do think they have a good defense and they have a good foundation on offense. But – I, I don't know. I just don't I, I don't see that as being a hardball thing. I don't think he wants to come into a situation where he's finally got Michigan to where he wants them and then he's going to go take the question mark of the quarterback because Fields is still somewhat of a question mark. He's got a ton of potential, but he's still pretty raw too. Like he's more raw than Trey Lance, I would argue. But he's seen Fields pretty up close. He's got experience with This is, this with is Fields. true. But and college is different than pros. Well, yes. That's true. Um, I don't know. I could I could see, although he did take a pay cut to stay at Michigan this year, so maybe this whole thing is just a ploy to get another contract out of Michigan and make back that money. Who the hell knows? But anyway, I don't want to be talking about off-season stuff. Like, I really, really don't. 
I've I've got some stuff going on. Like I could really use a 49ers win this weekend. I'm not gonna lie. Like my daughter has COVID. My wife has COVID. We're masking at home. I'm miserable right now. Like I could really please just get me one more win. I don't want to have to go into off season mode. Come on, San Francisco. Even if I have to watch that piece of crap Jimmy Garoppolo go out there one more time, just win one game for me, please. One time. That's all I'm at. Is that too much to ask? Uh, no, I, I was not aware of your COVID situation, so good luck with that. I I, I don't know what to say to that. because <laughs> I, like well, Good luck probably covers it. You didn't say yeah, bad luck, so that's good. Yeah, I, I, I mean, get well soon doesn't quite do it for COVID, in my opinion. I like that. That's more for, hey, you have a cold. Um, but, yeah, I, I was unaware of that, so I needed to address that. But in terms of everything else, like, I'm kind of in a different mode because I don't really have any faith of this team getting to the Super Bowl. So as long as Trey Lance starts, I'm okay with whatever happens. Like, would I love the playoffs? Absolutely. Do I think this team has enough talent to win the Super Bowl? Yeah. Do I think they can string along four straight games in the playoffs? No, because they can't do it in this regular season. <laughs> they seem to come out and lay an egg every third, fourth game. So that's where I'm at. Just as long as Trey Lance starts. Like, the only way I'm going to be mad is if they bench Trey Lance for no reason. Well, we'll see. We're not going to find out until apparently right before the game, but who the hell knows. Uh, last thing I'll say on that before we wrap it up. If the 49ers start Jimmy Garoppolo, with a busted thumb against the Rams in essentially, you know, a win-and-get-in game, you get what you deserve. You get what you deserve. Like, I won't even be mad if they lose after the game because I know that that's what Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do because that's what Jimmy be doing. So we'll see. Uh, Hopefully, Diners can get a win. I'm not super confident. Uh, In fact, (laughs) I think I might go put some money on the Rams. We'll have to go see about that. But... Enjoy yes, your that's, Thursday. That's why I avoid betting. Cause I, I don't want those biases creeping in. Enjoy your Thursday, everybody. Hopefully you're having a good time. Stay safe out there, everybody. Please rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network, and we'll talk to you next week.